Attack life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. We're talking to Dr. Jared Spencer, sports psychologist, back of the show, and you are on fire, my friend, from CNN to PCN to BBC. You're all over the place. Congrats. Good for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Oh, man. It's just, I mean, I'm humbled and honored to have you on our show. It's very nice of you to uh, slum with (laughs) (laughs) W-A-L-N-O, the Attack Life, Not Others station. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Man. Uh, No, seriously. Hey, I was with you you guys first. I was with you guys first, man. I'm with you. Uh, That's right. We gave you we gave you a start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. It's what you it's what you preach is if you put good out eventually, even though sometimes you feel like you're getting beat up, if you put the gratitude out, you put the good out eventually, uh, like a slingshot, like a boomerang, it'll come around. It all comes around. And I think Steve and I are anxious just to hear about your program and, and what you're doing and, and what you're preaching about, you know? Yeah, Jared, if you could tell us about the iFit app, the whole program, your Work It Out series with anxiety, iFit Mind, right? Mindfulness, meditation, movement. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Mental Health Day has come, and this pandemic has been that catalyst that we've been waiting a long time to say, like, when are we going to really see the stigma fall, and when are we really going to not just pay lip service, but really put... Uh, funding and resources and strong words of action behind it. And here's what's happened. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, Nordatrack treadmills and, and Peloton bikes, those two things have become very, really famous as home gyms have become a way for people to uh, work out. But when you stop and think about that phrase, work out, what are you really working out? And it's really not a muscle. It's really the emotion. And so what I fit, which is really the operating software for NordaTrack products, uh, treadmills, bikes, uh, ellipticals and such, uh, the iFit company decided, you know what, let's really develop iFit Mind. So they put together about, uh, you know, maybe a dozen people from around the world, and they've got all kinds of great uh, workout series now that you can do. So if you went on to a NordaTrack treadmill right now and you looked up you'd see about 13 videos of me where I'm basically hiking mountains and talking about things such as anxiety and how important it is to manage it. That is a sweet, sweet gig. And there's just on a personal note, I'm so happy for you because you're just rocking it. I see you in some of the videos here in Antigua, Antigua, correct? (laughs) Antigua. uh, (laughs) One of the series was in Antigua. One of the series was in the beautiful Pocono mountains of Pennsylvania. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, there's another one that I just got done filming, which uh, remains anonymous until it's launch time, which is coming up in uh, a few weeks or months. All right. So, folks, listen up. If you haven't noticed by now, Jared's the real deal. I mean, his skills, his services, his expertise is in such demand. How do folks find out about the iFit Mind app and the program that you're talking about? Yeah. Really, the iFit app is something that a person could subscribe to. They don't have to have a treadmill or an elliptical machine. They could just pay a little monthly subscription uh, for that, and a lot of people do. Uh, that's uh, one of the biggest ways. And, of course, through social media, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, you'll find on both my pages as well as iFit's uh, pages links to videos that are more promos and trailers but will give people an idea of, 
what they might get if they did sign up for that app. Fantastic. Well, just keep up the great work and uh, love following your journey and helping everyone out. Now, Jared, if you could help us out, Tim and I, over the last few weeks, we've been doing sort of our own little mini series, the what ifs. Tim, you want to explain yeah. how this came about? Uh, one of your students approached you? Yeah, I mean, one of the students approached me a little while ago in the martial arts studio, and, and we had trained on you know, two or three sessions on a lot of technique and um, scenarios, a lot of scenario training. Uh, and, and at the end, you know, he says, can we just do a, a, a class on all the what ifs? And it struck me. I, I turned around. And I said, what did you say? And he says, can we just do a class on the what ifs? I said, well, the what ifs is, is what it is in the moment that you have to respond to instinctively based on your practice and your sessions that you train for. Um, a lot of when you said, you know, what are you doing? You're working out. Well, you're working out something. But at the same time, you're also supposed to be working something in. And so yes. when you said that, that phrase to me, it really hit because at the end of a session, whatever, you're supposed to be re-energized and, and you're, you're supposed to be on another level feeling like you've learned something. And so all those techniques that you're learning, they have to be applied in that moment um, instinctively. And then it made me realize philosophically it's, it's at a, another level. We go through life and the what if factor can freeze us, just stop us before we go out the door. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I know it stops so many people from doing a lot of things that they should do. This last year, year and a half has put a lot of people in ice and it's time to melt it down and get at, back out and get back into life and the living. But I think there has always been, and now more than ever, there's this what if factor. What if this happens? What if that happens? And the, the, the core beliefs is what helps me. I've, I've got to have something to pull from. I've got to have my, my faith, my family, my friends, my core principles before I can get out that door to do anything. And I guess I was trying to stress the student that along with your training comes the answer to the what ifs, to be able to respond to that. And I just, uh, Stephen, I thought, what a great topic to bring this in and maybe discuss it with Jared and get your point of view as to what you think people can do with the what if factor, how to resolve it, how to work with it. And I guess a lot of that comes in with anxiety. What I see, Tim, is this. The what if is really a thinking pattern that in psychology we call catastrophizing. Let, let me backtrack and say anxiety is fear of the unknown. And right now in our culture, society, and history of the world, we've got so much anxiety, so many unknowns. Are, are we going to return to school? Uh, what's going to happen with the economy, the job, uh, peace around the world right now? There's so many unknowns, uh, of course, the pandemic, the, the coronavirus. And catastrophizing tends to be one of those negative thinking patterns or a thinking pattern that becomes negative when taken to an extreme that oftentimes is seen with people that tend to have a little bit elevated anxiety. Now, catastrophizing is really, well, what if, what if I get the virus? What if they don't have schools open in the fall? Uh, what if I can't travel where I want to go? What if somebody gets sick? And that's really a bit more of an advanced symptom of anxiety. I mean, it's there in the milder forms. I mean, we all have it every day. It's not problematic until it really begins to interfere with one's uh, psychosocial, interpersonal functioning on, on a bit of a daily basis. And that's when it becomes really uh, counterproductive. So catastrophizing yeah. is the term 
that can help a person feel like there, uh, there's a word to describe the what ifs, what it becomes counterproductive. Jared, we got to, you know, in our world, in, in martial arts, in combat sports, whether it be boxing or MMA, we were talking about fainting, and fainting is often used to deceive your opponent. For example, you know, pretending to hit the body, but then going for the head instead. If we react to every faint in life, as in something that will hurt you minimally or never really at all, you're phrasing the catastrophizing of it. How do we get out of that? How do we not live in that state? Well, it's, it's really about a process, Steve, of overriding the amygdala to a certain degree. And so the amygdala is that part of the brain. It's an almond-shaped structure, bilateral. Um, it sits on the edge of the hippocampus, and the, and the amygdala is responsible for intense uh, life experiences, emotionally charged life experiences. And so the hippocampus really is takes short-term and long-term memory. For so most people, they might say, um, the coronavirus really isn't a big deal to me. I never really experienced it. I didn't have anybody die from it. I wasn't in the hospital with it. So those thoughts might just pass freely right through the hippocampus, become a short-term and long-term memory. But if, what if you did experience the virus? What if you were in the hospital? What if you did lose a loved one? Um, then your amygdala would flare up and everything that happens with a pandemic virus, it would kind of like activate that, those emotions as a protective mechanism for you so that you don't experience it again. So a lot of times what's happened, why mental health is such a big deal is that we've got to give people the psychological skills and resources and tools to really override that amygdala so that they can say, yes, I, I feel like I'm sick, but it's not going to be I'm not going to be on a ventilator in the hospital. You see, they could catastrophize right away. That's what happens. So this is where counseling, obviously, with uh, I'm a little bit biased, but licensed professionals can go a long way to give the person two options. One, experience catharsis, which is a freeing of all that repressed emotion, an opportunity to really talk it through. And then two, the tools and resources. So, for example, the six-part anxiety series that's available on iFit is about three hours of content of me saying specifically to people, here's, you know, 30 different techniques that you might utilize to manage anxiety. And those specific techniques, of course, we can get into more of them now or another time, but that's really the beginning of the tools and the mental toolbox to manage this. So what I love about what yeah. you're talking about is basically it's counseling, but on your terms, on your time. And we started off, we've come full circle now. We're talking about the iFit program that you have. And again, you are one of those dozen or so people that have been selected to help out with this amazing program using tech, using technology in this modern world. It's basically counseling kind of on demand. It's not obtrusive, not intrusive. I think we should check that out by all means. It got me thinking, too. It goes back to one of your biggest principles, your, your mantras that you live by, clearer mind, better performance. We're talking sports-specific there, but in life, if you can clear your mind, get rid of those what-ifs, remove the feints that we've talked about in boxing and MMA. Don't react to every jab that's never going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. A simple little flick is not going to hurt you. Don't react to those. Clear your mind so that you can live better. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And then, of course, the answer is always how. And then a couple quick things. Mentorship is really key. And you guys know this, right? Mentorship is key. When you see somebody 
living in a certain way that you'd rather live a little bit more like, then it's easier to move like them, talk like them, react like them. I'll give you a personal example. Um, when I was growing up in high school, there was a guy two years older than me named Eddie Moore. And Eddie was a state champion wrestler. And he was so cool and so tough and such a great uh, friend and, and mentor to me. And I remember being in volleyball class. I'm sorry, in gym class, we were playing volleyball. And somebody went up to spike the ball. But when they spiked the ball, it didn't go over the net. It actually just went into the net where Eddie Moore was standing. Eddie didn't even flinch. He just kind of like moved a little bit to the, to the right as though like the ball would have passed him if it did go by. But essentially, he was so cool under pressure that he didn't flinch. And that was his makeup. Now, fast forward a number of years. I'm at, uh, uh, was it a Sunday night or Monday night football game at Giants Stadium? I'm behind the scenes and I'm leaving to go on the ESPN uh, bus to watch the game with some of the commentators. And who's the guy uh, for the New Jersey State Troopers that was essentially responsible for protecting the whole stadium? Eddie Moore. Eddie Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Moore. Yeah. He had that ability back then that made him a state champion. And that now makes him able to be a state trooper protecting, you know, the stadium. And it's that, that flinch that I saw him not do in gym class that made me say, okay, I can model that. I want to be more like that. My mentor is like that. And I really think that if we as a culture society could open ourselves up when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And if we can all get that kind of mentor, it really makes a big difference to have a model to follow regarding this. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even talk about this ahead of time, but you had a story related to specifically what I'm talking about. Well, that's basically a faint. Don't react to a faint. That was a ball coming at his face. And in the past episode where we said, don't fall for the faints, learn to build yourself up to take some of those lesser blows so that you don't react to everything and you're not lured into a knockout blow or, or your defenses are stronger to handle a big blow if it does ever come. And the volleyball wasn't going to knock yeah. him out. What he did prior to that got him tougher that he didn't feel the yeah. need to react to that. That's it. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. 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 Steve Mittman social media.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com.